Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the Secrets Quill podcast. In today's episode, we are going to talk about what Secrets Quill is. We're also going to talk about the three articles that were released in the past month. You can call them articles, stories, homilies. They're all kind of just spiritual writings from things that I'm experiencing. Okay, so a little bit about Secrets Quill. This is a publication that I started because I recently started obeying the call to God that I had been ignoring for quite a long time. And you could say that my faith was was truly reinstated, and I wanted to write about it. I, I write about other things, mainly related to my job, but I felt really called that if I was going to write about anything at all, it needed to be about spiritual journey, God, glory to Christ. Those things needed to happen first before I even thought about writing about anything else. So I kind of decided to make something called Seeker's Quill. I tried to make a logo for it. I tried to make the title something that was easy to remember, but also encompassed not just me, but everyone else. So Seeker's Quill is actually, the word Seekers is plural, and that's by design. It is for all of us that are seeking who may read this and then go seek themselves. And Quill is because I like to write. And a lot of the things that I write about are, I consider inspired word. Now, what I mean by inspired word is I may come up with some ideas for what I want to write about, but really when I start writing my notes for the article, I just kind of let the Holy Spirit take control and I bang out all my notes and typically in about 25 minutes. And then I just take a step back almost from a trance and I kind of look at the story that's been presented in front of me and I start piecing it together because I'm just coming to the faith later on in my life, I typically haven't read much of the Bible at all. So it's really awesome to see the things that I write about or I'm inspired to write about transformed into biblical verses when I go put the notes into an article format. Like I'll write something and then I'll go find it almost verbatim in the scriptures. And that's a really profound impact on me because I I'm like, oh, I, I haven't read these things before, but they're real. They're here presented in text, and it just tells me that I'm doing what God wants me to do, and that makes me happy. And hopefully the inspired words can inspire other people and bring glory to God and his kingdom and just lead people to him as opposed to just leading people to me. It's one of the reasons why I set up my own separate publication I didn't want my name attached to it. I don't think my ego is prepared to receive the credit for the things that I would write about right now. I think I would become too enraptured in getting subscribers or interacting with fans or anything like that. My ego would take control and I am not ready for that. So the intent is some of you listening will probably know exactly who I am. Some that are listening may have no idea who I am. And if you don't know who I am, that's by design because the things that I write are inspired word. They're meant to give glory to the creator and his kingdom, not me. Maybe once I grow more mature in my spiritual faith, I'll be able to resist those temptations of ego. But as for right now, not even going to entertain it, but I am actually a real person. So I mentioned that I recently have started obeying the commands that God has been yelling at me for the past long time. So here's a quick brief 
introduction about my salvation story because everybody's got one. It really kind of started when I was in the military. I was going through a pretty substantially stressful time in some of my schooling, and I wasn't really religious or faithful at the time, but I just needed somebody to be there with me. And I found that I actually started praying during a lot of my schooling, and I felt comforted. And more than that, I felt that somebody was there with me. Even though I wasn't always the best student, I felt like I was never alone. And even though I didn't really turn to the faith fully at that time, I never really let that feeling go. And I've kept it with me for quite a while. Recently, my family has moved to a different state. And so many things had to have lined up almost perfectly for us to get here. And those little things add up. And you start to notice them, and it's one thing here, it's one thing there. And they all just add up, and you just have to take a step back and say, this can't all just be coincidence. There's too many things that have fallen into place for us to get to where we are right now. So I kind of used that feeling that I've carried with me from the military and started really thinking about it once we got down here. And then I told God, and I know God doesn't do deals, so I'm not trying to say I was making a deal with God. I did tell him, Thank you for getting us down here. I will be a shepherd for my family. I will make sure that I shepherd them to church and that they find the faith and that they keep going. And my wife picked out a church and we went to go to church one Sunday and it was called Shepherd's Church. And I had I had not told her about the conversation I had had with, with God and just the fact that the church that she picked was called Shepherd's Church. That was just an, one more sign over the course of many uh, that church didn't actually work out, but we did end up finding a church through friend of a friend. And one thing led to another, and we ended up at this church. So we'd been going to this church for quite a while. And one of the things that they did, one service, they talked about communion and the sacrament. And they passed everything around, and they said, if you're a Christian, please take the sacrament. If you're not a Christian, please don't. And... I looked at the sacrament in my hand and I was just overcome with this feeling of it feels so wrong not to take this, not to participate. And I, I understood in that moment what it meant if I did participate. So I did. I participated. And from that point forward, it was like there was this door that I didn't know existed was unlocked. There was a barrier that was in front of me. I wasn't even aware of it, but from that moment forward, something was different. And from it's been a magical roller coaster ever since. For the past couple of months, I was inspired to figure out a way to use those talents, the talents that God has given me to glorify him and to help find other people that need to be led to him as well. So that's how Seeker's Quill came into came into being. So in the past month, there have been three inspired word articles that have been posted. I still don't know exactly what to call them. Homilies, articles, pieces, not entirely sure. I wrote three things. The first article really goes into depth on the concept of the wilderness, drawn inspiration from Isaiah 43, where the verse goes something like, if the voice was crying out in the wilderness, like prepare the way of the Lord, make, a, make the road straight, and then goes on to talk about, you know, all valleys 
raised up and mountains laid low and all that. The concept behind that first article will go into detail about what the wilderness is and how I feel like my being called right now, I'm supposed to be in the wilderness and how God is going to use me in there. And article two is titled The Hunted. And that was something I experienced after I wrote article one, where I realized that as much as I believed in God, I had never really gave much credence to the fact that the devil was an actual thing that was real. And The Hunted talks about the experiences that I went through where I learned that he was real. Article three was just posted last week, and that one's titled In My Father's House. And that is all about how I read some verses in the Bible. And, you know, I'm reading these verses for the first time later in life. I didn't grow up reading this stuff. I have a different perspective as I read these things for the first time. So in my father's house, we'll talk about how I interpreted John 14, verse 2, where Jesus says, in my father's house, there are many dwellings. And it talks about how he's going to prepare a place for us in his house. The first article was titled Seeking in the Wilderness. And I was inspired by this, by the subtext from the beginning, you know, the word connected pathways for us all. And that comes from John, the first, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. And I really kind of meditated on that. Like in the beginning was the word, which means the word of God like existed before anything that was given form existed. So at that moment, all of us were connected. In whatever form or shape that we were in at that time, we were all connected. And then, and then everything went forward from there. So the wilderness talks about my interpretation of Isaiah 43 and how I'm trying to use my recent calling to be in the wilderness and what it means to do that. And I have an interesting background. I do a profession that many would consider unethical. I promise you I try to do it the most ethical way I, I possibly can. I do computer hacking, and I've done that for quite a while. When people think of computer hacking, they think of somebody breaking the rules. What they often don't think of is that rules are arbitrary constructs by which our minds make sense of the world. Rules are important to us, each of us individually. And when somebody breaks those rules or goes outside the rules that we say are acceptable, we consider that unethical, breaking the rules. I've spent my career doing things that people would consider unethical, not because it actually is unethical, but because of the rules that people place on their own minds. So when Paul talks about being who you were or staying in the place where you were when God called you, because that is where he wants you to be. Like when God calls you, that's where he wants you to be. I didn't feel like I had to quit my job for that. I felt like all of this experience of me walking in dark places, maintaining my ethical standards, maintaining my soul, I guess for lack of a better word, in these wild places, that's where he wants me to be. And plus I was extremely called to that specific verse in Isaiah. And I was drawn to that because there's a, a song by Elevation Worship called Lion. And they repeat part of that chorus multiple times, like prepare the way of the Lord. And 
I went and I listened to that song basically on like repeat for like three miles when I went for a run once. And there was just something about those words that really sank into me. And I was like, I am drawn to this song for a reason. And I'm specifically those words. And I feel like I felt like I was called to prepare the way. And I can't prepare the way if I'm in a safe place. You prepare the way by being out in the wild. So I kind of took those, you know, my, my career and everything that I had learned by walking in dark places and the song from Elevation Worship. And I was like, this is, you know, people talk about having a life first. Like I would consider Isaiah 43 my life first. And that's what I did. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to go out and I'm going to prepare the way. So the article talks about that and kind of details what the wilderness is. And to me, there's nothing more wild. The most wild of wild places is the internet. I, I feel like it's a truly just unregulated area. So much disinformation and bad things can be placed on the internet and people will just accept it. So I felt like if I was going to go minister anywhere, the, the wild places would have to be the internet. And it just so happened that that's where my career is, is doing ethical things in unethical places. Uh, so I don't shirk from that. So that article talks about my journey and, and what that means. Some cool behind the scenes information about, well, really all the articles, but seeking in the world in the wilderness is all the art that you see in the articles. It's all created by me. Now I put a little star right there because I'm creating it, but I'm using AI art to do so. And there are, I actually spend more time making the pictures than I do writing which I've had a little self admonishment at times because I'm like, God wants you to write. He doesn't want you to make pictures. But the ironic part is to make these pictures, I have to write because I have to write out the words. I have to describe the scenes. I have to discover which pictures speak and present the scenes in the right way that I have in my head. So even though I'm not drawing, I'm still writing. But there definitely is a time where I'm like, okay, you've spent too much time on these pictures. There have been articles where I've had really good ideas for pictures. I just couldn't get them to work. Article two is titled The Hunted. And this was an inspiration. It was kind of like a, we're going to pause on our regularly scheduled programming. Because I have articles that I have taken notes on that I'm preparing to write. I think I have about 12 in my notebook. And they're in varying states of research and being written. But then there's things like this that happen. So this happened almost immediately after I published Article 1, which got some great feedback. The overview of The Hunted is that the devil is real. And that as we, as followers of Christ, pursue a relationship with him, it's important for us to realize that that relationship is not only valuable to Jesus and ourselves, it's valuable to the devil. It has value to many people, many things. And if we're not cognizant of that, it can be used against us and stolen. So the hunt had happened right after I, I published Article 1. I was talking to my family about some stuff. We were just kind of talking discourse and all that stuff. And some questions rose up. And because I'm so new to all this, I was like, okay, I'll just research it. So we started talking back and forth. 
And then we got on the topic of various TV shows that we've watched. So that got us into discussion about some things that I had read online in the wilderness where there's disinformation. And then we just kept going back and forth and just talking and talking. And then I brought this stuff up in front of my kids. And they were interested in asking questions. And then throughout the night, my curiosity, I just kept going down these different paths. And then eventually I landed on the wiki page of a satanic cult. And as I was reading this, just the words like satanic cult, as I was reading them, I was like, how the heck did I get here? Like I just published this article, article one about how I was called by God to like be in the wilderness. And like within a week, I'm already getting like, hey, by the way, did you know that it's dangerous out in the wild? Like, yeah, duh, it is. Like, what was I expecting? The realization at that moment was that something had led me astray. Something had guided me down these paths. It was disguised as curiosity, but really it was doubt. And here I was, just published this article, ready to kickstart my journey. Week two was almost down a very, very bad path. And it was like God like pulled me out of, of that moment and was like, dude, what are you doing? Had the word satanic cult not been there, I don't know if I would have, I don't know if I would have recognized what was happening at that time. So it was like those blatantly obvious things. I wasn't really freaked out. I was actually, I talked about in the article, I was like, I felt this profound sense of glory and joy because I, if the devil was real, that means he was coming after me because I had something valuable which means that my relationship with Jesus and God not only is real, but it's valuable and it has meaning. So even though it was a little bit scary, I was like, this is awesome. Like, yeah, that's scary that the devil's real, but dude, this is awesome. Like, it's all real. I hope people have these moments in their lives when they're like, dude, this was real. It blows your mind. It's almost like in that movie, The Matrix, where they put the bug in neo's belly or whatever and then he wakes up and he's like oh it was a dream and then they end up pulling the bug out of him and he was like that was real like that's the way i felt so i woke up the next morning and i immediately skipped all the writing stuff i was going to do before i started work and i went in and i kind of went into my little inspired word trance and i just started writing the raw notes for the hunted and i i got them all done it took me 25 minutes got the notes, I printed them out, I walked in, I, I handed them to my wife, and I said, I need you to read this. And then she's funny, she started like editing it for like grammar and stuff, and I said, no, 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 no. I just need you to read it. Because if I try to explain verbally what I went through, I'm gonna mess it up. And she read it, and she was like, this is incredible, this is amazing, and then the article just kind of took off from there. I went and pieced it together and pushed it out. One of the things that yeah, I've gotten a lot of feedback about that article privately from different people. And one of the things I keep hearing is that the devil only goes after those that are doing the right thing. So we should take that as a sign not to be scared, but as an affirmation of faith. Yeah, we can be hurt and our lives can be affected, but it's an affirmation that what we're doing is real. There's some interesting behind the scenes stuff for this article. These pictures, I use the same seed, that's, that's what's called the seed, as the pictures in the first article, which means that as the AI is generating these pictures, it's, they're roughly going to look the same-ish. 
it won't look exactly the same, but they'll be in the same format or the same style. It's trying to create a continuity between the two. I was in the wilderness. I'm all excited. The next week, there's this like panther hunting me. And what's cool about the panther pictures are they're actually a blend of two different pictures. I had a different picture for a panther and I had the background for like a scenic thing, like a scenic wilderness. If you actually go down to, if you're looking at the article, if you go down to the one, two, three, fourth picture uh, where it's titled, when it's time to jump, jump. I blended that picture with the original pictures I had of the panther and then what came out were pictures two and three of the panther. So if you notice that the, the background from the fourth picture is very, very, very similar to the background of picture two and three, and that's that's by design. I'm trying to create a continuity of the pictures so that they're all, they tell a story. I think I came up with almost 30 different pictures for this article. It was really hard to select them, and they just, just really weren't conveying the message that I wanted to convey. So I kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then I was really, really happy with the two lion pictures at the end. Kind of a fun fact, the last picture in the article, I had, I just wanted to see what it looked like. I took that picture and I took another picture I had of like Jesus and I was like, combine them. I want to see if I can get a picture of a lion. But when you look at it, you get this like impression of Jesus. And I got the weirdest looking pictures I've seen in a long time. It looked like Jesus, if he was from the movie Cats, it was just like, I can't let anyone see these ever. So I showed my wife, she laughed at him, but there's no way I'm publishing those. But if anybody's interested in seeing some of the artwork that didn't make it for this article or any of the other ones, just let me know and I'll post them. So article three is titled In My Father's Home. I went back and forth on the title for this one quite a bit. It, eventually I, f I settled on the word home because it's more like that's the picture that ends the article and it's one of the definitions for the Greek word that we talk about. The summary of this article is the different ways to interpret the words. And even if you don't speak Greek, you know, I have inspired at Babylon 5. I have been inspired since my starting of Seeker's Quill to pick up Greek or to start learning it. At the very least, learn the alphabet and how to pronounce stuff. But these words have different definitions. And verses mean things to different people. So as I read... John 14, 2, in my father's house, there are many dwelling places. I was immediately struck with like, oh, in my father's house, like dwelling places. Well, the father's house could be anything and dwelling places could be anywhere. It could be in anything and anywhere. So actually jumping forward a little bit, some behind the scenes stuff. I actually started this article keying in on the word dwelling places because I thought that the key to the message that I was seeing or I was being inspired to write about was actually in dwelling places. It wasn't until I started writing and doing the research that I found out that the key to this article was in the word house. The Greek word for house, which is oikia, oikia, kind of like that, the Greek yogurt oikos, so I guess oikia. But the real summary of the article is that there's many ways to interpret John 14 too. My father's house, my father's home, my father's estate, my father's bloodline, heritage, all of these definitions can be derived from that one word. And when you change them out, John 14, 2 takes on an incredibly different meaning for each one. What's interesting is I kept hearing this phrase in my head, in my father's house. And that's because I read the book Dune and I listened to the Dune audiobooks. 
And in between chapters, there, there are these excerpts from different people in the Dune storyline. And one of the people that talk is the Princess Irulan. And Princess Irulan is reading passages from a book that she wrote titled In My Father's House. And it's talking all about the house of, like, you would think from, like, Game of Thrones. Like, this is my house. Like, House Stark or, like, House Atreides from dune it, it wasn't literally the word house it was the family it was the bloodline it was the social unit that went with it so when i read john 14 2 for the first time that's how i interpreted it so i started writing an article behind it and i really once i started digging into the greek i realized that it had, it, it had kind of happened again the inspired word had kind of happened again i wrote an article without realizing there were other things in the bible and then when i went to go piece it together there were things in my article that were almost verbatim in the Bible. So it's almost like I had discovered the solution first, and now I was using the Bible to find the proof. And it's very important, you know, I've talked to my wife about this, it's very important to not bend the Scripture to your will, to not bend the Scripture to your message. You have to bend your message to the Scripture. It just so happened that this time, my message was already bent to what the Scripture was trying to to say so it was a pretty awesome affirmation of faith i've gotten a lot of good feedback on this article too and really you know when i when i saw that like it the core concept for this article is that god is in everything and everywhere the holy spirit can be imbued in any anything because the father created everything everything is his house and there are many dwelling places in his house there are many dwelling places in everything that he has created. And if you look, if you don't close your eyes, if you just look or listen or feel, the Holy Spirit, God, can be in any one of those dwelling places. So often, I think we see as Christians and just people in general, we look for these very visual signs. Oh, it has to be standing right in front of me, and it, you know, a voice from the heavens or something. But to me, sometimes the Word of God comes from a bird song or the way that the tree sound when wind blows through their leaves. Those, that is often, most often, how God communicates with me. I've never once heard a voice, but I have heard his voice in many different things. So some behind the scenes for the artwork for this. Uh, again, this one had quite a few pieces that you know didn't actually make it to the article. I don't want to have an article just full of pictures. But I knew what I wanted to do with this one. I wanted to display the many aspects of that Greek word with a very similar visual format. So house, home, estate, bloodline, family. And that was kind of challenging because I was like, how do I get the same style of pictures in all of these different formats? I can't just say, hey, now take this picture, Mr. AI picture maker and give it to me from really far away or hey take this exact picture mr picture maker and show me what it looks like from inside of the house so i had to actually learn quite a few different techniques for the ai art on this one and when article two i actually blended pictures together and in article three i learned how to take a picture that i liked have it be described back to me and then take two descriptions or three descriptions of pictures that i like assign weights to them like oh you should 
care more about this picture or this prompt than this other prompt, and then have it generate pictures. And then by locking in the seed, you know, the randomization for the pictures, I was able to very, in my opinion, I was able to create those different images for a house or a home or an estate that look similar. They look the same. So in the first picture, there's a house with two chimneys. And if you look at the second picture, there's also a house with two chimneys. It may not look exactly the same, but that was what I was keying in on. So when we move from house to estate, it was important to me that it looked like it could be the same house, just zoomed out. And for me, that was making sure the roof kind of looked the same and especially making sure that the two chimneys were there. Now, the third picture I really, really like. I have more different iterations of this picture than I have any of the other ones. This is actually a spectrum map with a whole bunch of other things added in. So a spectrum map or scientists are going through and they're looking at the different spectrum for either light or particles or anything like that. And it's showing the spectrum from one end of the color from one end of the color spectrum to the other. And interlaced in between there are dwelling places. So if you think if you just take a step back and look, it's a spectrum map and God can exist in all of these different dwelling places from one end of the spectrum to the other. And I had a ton of really, really cool pictures that were produced from this one, but ultimately this one, the one that's in the article spoke to me the most. There were some awesome, very fantasy looking, light and dark, dungeon castle at the bottom of one spectrum, like heavenly castle at the very top of the other spectrum. Just a really cool artwork. And I'm happy to share that stuff if people are interested. And then finally, I didn't actually think I was gonna get this one to work, but to be able to take a house with the same style of background in the last picture, I wanted to take that first house that we looked at and say, what would a home version of that house look like? When we think of a home, we think family, we think inside, we think comfortable. But I had to be able to get the picture in such a way that it looked like you could actually be inside the house in picture one in the same environment. And it took me a few iterations and they call them re-rolls. So I had to re-roll some of the prompts a couple times to see like, hey, change the randomization on this and see what comes out the other end. And okay, let's fix this one aspect. But I got this one pretty quickly and I was like, yes, this is it. This looks like to me the same environment, picture four, the same environment. And it looks like it could be inside that first house, but it's a home. You're actually inside the house. And that was pretty impactful for me. And then as my wife was looking through the pictures, she, she said, when I think of the word home, that last picture is what I would imagine home to be. Now, I had also talked about sometimes I can't just get pictures to work. I had a couple pictures for article three that I could just not get to work. And I kind of ran out of time. And one was a possum, like, as I talk about a possum in the article, and I wanted to have like a cute possum, a cute possum, like looking inside the window of the house. And then the other one I couldn't get to work. I was trying to do a dove carrying a carrier pigeon scroll. And I just couldn't get it to work. The scroll was always way, way too big. And sometimes it looked too comical. And those those were to go with, let's see. And those pictures were to go with the subheading of an embracing a personal journey and openness to God's communication. In that section I talk about, I seek his presence in all aspects of my life. Like I seek his word, not the form in which his word will take. 
So I wanted to display like a carrier pigeon, but as a dove, but couldn't get it to work. But I do think the other pictures that did get work are more impactful. They're like 90% impactful, whereas, you know, a cute picture of a possum would be like, oh, that's cute, but not as impactful. So what's next for Seeker's Quill? Well, I spent some money and I ordered a bunch of business cards for Seeker's Quill because I found that a lot of the the message is spread by people, like real people saying, hey, you should look at this or hey, you should read this. Like it's being shared on Facebook or somebody will message and be like, hey, like read this article. So I thought, okay, well, if I go into the wilderness of the internet, I can also go into the, the real wilderness as well and where people are. So I got these little Seeker's Quill business cards. They, in my opinion, they have the logo and the, the dove with the quill on it. They have the website. They have what the website's about. They're super shiny. They look real nice. They got rounded corners on them. They could almost be a bookmark. So that's the front. The front is like business in the front. So I guess you call it a mullet business card. Business in the front. But you flip it over and there's a verse on the back. Also, easy to read. Shiny. Got some foil things going on with it. I use like premium cardstock for the business cards. And you flip it over, and there's a verse on the back, and it's Luke 11.10. And that verse is, For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to create something that people wouldn't just throw away. On one side, you have an advertisement for Seeker's Quill. But on the other side, you have something that you could take with you. Totally divorced from Seeker's Quill, just the scripture, an impactful scripture. But realistically, it's something that you could keep, but you would also be reminded of Seeker's Quill at the same time. And my plans are to send this to a lot of people I know, just say, hey, just start sprinkling these things around wherever you go. If you get a Target or something, just leave one, like in the toy aisle or in the book aisle. Or if you're going on a walk or something, you just put them on a park bench, just leave one there, and maybe somebody will come and pick it up and find it. And they'll take a look at the front and be like, that's weird. But then they'll flip it over and they'll see the Bible verse. And that also is an opportunity to prepare the way for somebody that needs it. We are preparing the way that verse may be exactly what they need to see at that time. So what else is going on next with Seeker's Quill? I've been ministering, if you want to call it that, to people in the wild. Been on Medium. I've been on Facebook. I found some Christian groups in Facebook. I've joined a Discord group. I haven't really been active in that. It's a little bit harder to find all the time for these things. So by and large, I've been on Substack, talking to people. I've been on Medium, talking to people. Some people reaffirming faith, celebrating glory of God with them. Some people are struggling, so I can help them and try to reach them there and not provide disinformation but show God's love and grace. And on Facebook, same thing. There's a lot of people that come in these Christian groups and some of them will just post a picture and say like, here's a Bible verse. It's great. I love it. Amen, amen, amen. And then you got a lot of people on there that are like, guys, I'm losing my faith. Like, I don't know what to do. Help me. And those are the people that need just a little bit of help in the wilderness, in the wild, finding the path that they just strayed from. If you could just help them get back on that path. You say, oh yeah, you're lost, but you're not that lost. If you just go right around this corner here, 
you'll find the path again. That's important. Make sure that those sheep actually don't get lost. I've actually found a lot of comfort and solace and joy in some of the people that I've talked to. And often when I pray, I, I think, I thank God for letting me experience the joy that comes with that. Not just, not just following his will, not just doing these things, but I also get the benefit of experiencing joy because of it as well. And that's a bonus. So some additional articles that I'm working on, I have 11 total that I've written down three are published already. Who knows how many more like the hunted are just going to pop up. You just got to be ready for those. But the one I'm most furthest along with, it's called bring the sword. And that one I've been working on for a while. That's inspired by my grandpa when I was talking to him about just this weird kind of out of nowhere verse that popped up during the, one of Jesus's sermons. He talks about, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. And I've seen that interpreted in many, many different ways as a call to arms to say, Jesus said he was bringing a sword. So that means we have to take our faith to people. We have to go on the offensive with these things. But it means something else. So that article is really going to talk about what it truly means and some other examples of people bending the scripture to their message versus bending their message to the scripture. That one's really fun. That was actually the first one I started to write because I, I want, I had some really fun pictures in my mind for that one. Like, what is it going to look like to see Jesus like holding this giant sword? I mean, when you see a visual representation of that, you're like, well, that's not what he meant, but you don't see that when you're reading the words, but you will see it once I get these pictures out and I've got some good ones so far. So there's that one, there's bring the sword. There's one I was inspired by recently where it was talking about the, the day I said goodbye to my dad. It wasn't the, his funeral, and it wasn't the day that he died. It was his on his birthday a year later was the day I said goodbye. And that was an extremely spiritual and transformative moment for me, and I'm excited to talk about that one. And then actually from Article 3, My Father's Home, I got an idea from that one to talk about the aqueducts of the living water. And I was inspired by that one because the original intent of Article 3 was the many dwelling places of the Lord. And I had almost seen that as like these veins or arteries inside of a rock. Just they exist and they're empty right now. But if the Holy Spirit chooses to, it could fill up those, those cavities in this rock like veins in a person and that rock would become holy and it would do stuff so it almost made me think of these like aqueducts that could just take water if they needed to and then i was like oh yeah the, the voice of the living water and i provide the living water and i was like that could be very could have good imagery with it so let me write that one down so those are some of the ones i'm working on right now thanks for listening all the social media stuff that i have done has told me I'm supposed to give you a call to action. So my call to action is this. Please help spread the word about Seeker's Quill. Not for me, for those that need to read it. So that the Holy Spirit can get the information, get the articles, get the homilies, get the messages in front of people that need to see it. Because I don't know who's going to see it. Just because I have a like on an article doesn't mean that's the only people that read it. Quite often, people won't. 
respond back to an article. They won't like it. They won't comment on it. But that doesn't mean it wasn't impactful. There was uh, somebody from the other site, Medium, they went through and they highlighted this phrase from The Hunted. And when I wrote it, I, I didn't pay it any mind. I mean, it was just a word. It was just a sentence to me. But when that person highlighted it, and I saw that they highlighted it, and I saw what they highlighted, then I took a step back and I said, yes, I could see how that would be impactful. And these are my own things that I wrote. Like I was inspired to write. These are my own things. And even I missed some of the messages. So you never know who's going who's to see it. So the call to action is you don't have to sus subscribe. It would bring me joy if you did, but you don't have to. But if you want to help, please just spread the word and get the, the information about Seeker's Quill out there so that the Holy Spirit can get it in front of the people that need to see it so that those people can be inspired to glorify God and find their way back to him. So thank you for listening or reading. And I imagine I'll try to do these once a month. I think the cadence is going to be, I'll do three articles and then a podcast wrap up just to give people different ways of interacting with the content. But thanks. It's been, a, it's been an amazing experience so far. And as long as God wants to use me, I am happy to be used and excited to see where it goes. God bless.